Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast today. These podcasts are brought to you in part by our sponsors, who really truly are what make these podcasts possible every week. O'Fallon Nutrition is a company that I've worked with for over 15 years. They're independently owned and operated, located here in O'Fallon, Missouri, right off of Highway K and Mexico Road. I call this place the Whole Foods of St. Charles County, but even if you are not located on this side of the river, it is still worth the drive. I can remember working all the way down at Powerhouse and still sending people out to O'Fallon Nutrition for their supplements. They are more than a supplement company. You can get grass-fed beef, salad dressing, seasoning for your cooking, uh, hair care products, makeup, uh, deodorant, toothpaste, uh, essential oils, and all the vitamins and minerals that you can think of. If you're looking for clean, whole food nutrition, as well as home care, house care, skin care products, O'Fallon Nutrition is your place. You can take a look at them at O'FallonNutrition.com. Or if you'd like to have something shipped, if you're listening to me from outside of St. Louis, you can certainly have items shipped. I know they do free shipping if it's an order over $50. And the phone number is 636-240-5283. Again, it's O'FallonNutrition.com. As well as if um, preparing your food on a weekly basis is your primary excuse for why you're not able to stay on a good clean eating program, which is something that I hear very regularly from my clients, I would ask you to please take the time to check out Pure Plates. It's pureplatesstl.com. They are a phenomenal place. We get our food from there during the week. They deliver to our integrity location. They will deliver to your house. Uh, They also uh, are just available for pickup. You can go to their Chesterfield location or their Kirkwood location and just pick up meals for the day as well as um, just having them delivered right to your door. So if preparing your food is your main excuse for why you cannot stay on a healthy eating program, then I would suggest just stop by Pure Plates. Just try it. If you're trying to lower your blood pressure, you're trying to lower your cholesterol, you're trying to get your blood sugar down, try to do Pure Plates meals for a week and just see how different you feel. These are organic meals. They are gluten-free. If you need them to be, they can be dairy-free. They are soy-free. Free. You're not taking any processed sugars or meat curing agents or preservatives. They really truly believe in nutrient dense meals that are just whole food nutrition. And I've had my clients or I've made recommendations for my clients for years at Pure Plates. It's pureplatesstl.com or you can call them to ask questions at 636 778 3555. Again, remembering that they have a location in Chesterfield as well as in Kirkwood that you can just run by and pick up a meal today. Everyone always asks me where I get my meat from, and given that I really eat meat on a daily basis, um, typically beef primarily, uh, my meat is very important to me. I have an autoimmune condition, and I want grain-free, corn-free meat, and I just haven't found the confidence in stores in knowing that I'm getting 100% grass-fed, grass-finished beef. And I have searched and searched and searched for the right farm, and I have found the farm. It's fedfromthefarm.com, fed, F-E-D, from the farm.com. These 
farmers are amazing. It's a it's it's a family. They're they're here in Missouri and they have the desire just like I do to see people well and to see people healthy and they put a lot into what they do. It's such a wonderful family to support. They do uh, offer 100% grass finished, grass fed, meaning that's it. Uh, a beef and I get my ribeyes, I get uh, you know my ground beef, my ground sirloin, I get my chuck roast. I mean, they basically have everything. They even have awesome jerky, but they also have eggs. They have chickens and they have turkey. I'm planning on getting a turkey uh, for Thanksgiving. And if you'd like lamb, they have that as well. Uh, But if you are in need of good quality grass-fed, grass-finished beef or quality eggs, chicken, turkey, uh, don't don't just settle for what you're getting at the local store. to go out on the internet and check out Fed from the Farm, uh, that you can arrange a pickup or you can have it delivered to your for, for to your home, and I can guarantee you you're going to taste the difference. Uh, for me, it my health actually depends on it, so I really thank God to have found such a great farmer. FedFromTheFarm.com. I hope it blesses you. Okay. So there's a lot of information we're going to talk about today in regards to fasting. Um, I always like to promote fasting because it's changed my life. Uh, fasting was just sincerely an inter- has been an integral part of uh, just positioning me in a completely different spot with my immune system. If I had not have started fasting, I don't even. I, I don't even know how or what my the state of status of my health would be today uh, because I struggled so much with histamine responses in my body many years ago. Uh, many of you who know me, obviously I do still struggle with histamine responses to this day um, and believe in God for the complete restoration and victory over that. But I struggled tremendously uh, back uh, probably... 15 years ago. And so I started kind of fasting when fasting wasn't really in the, the, wasn't really the popular thing to do. I started fasting when people would bash you for fasting because you, everybody was supposed to eat, you know, six meals a day, every two hours in order to be uh, healthy, in order to be um, uh, effective in bodybuilding. And so I had been kind of brutally criticized for years for fasting. And because fasting was so impactful for me and for my health, I've used it over the years to help a number of my clients that were in really serious situations. I obviously believe in a um, elimination diet as well, um, but I feel that the benefit of um the fasting along with the, uh, you know, with the elimination diet was kind of a, a key factor in my opinion. And I guess one of the first things that I want you to understand is the benefits of fasting and just ultimately what actually happens when you fast. And one of the primary reasons that I'm ultimately trying to fast and continuing to fast on a regular basis is because fasting creates what's called autophagy. And autophagy is a basically a cellular rebuild to the body. So I have um, 
a great article on autophagy that came from Mind Body Green. And Mind Body Green is one of my certifications, the, uh, the functional medicine based certifications that I've gone through. Um, and it is uh, a wonderful website. So, it, even beside, aside from the information I'm giving you, aside from my um, certification information that would be private, uh, I would check out the Mind Body Green websites. They have wonderful articles out there. So I'm going to give you a little bit of a backdrop on what autophagy is first before we go in real deep with um, fasting just to get an understanding of, of what we're trying to achieve when we're fasting. Autophagy is a Greek-derived term that means self-auto-eating, phagy. So while that may sound like a pretty gnarly horror flick, it's actually your body's way of clearing out old damaged cells and proteins to make room for new healthy ones. Uh, in other words, autophagy is the ultimate natural body cleanse. The process has been connected to weight loss, better insulin control, and reduced risk of conditions like heart disease and cancer. But is autophagy something that happens on its own or can you control it? We checked in with some experts on the subject and got a deeper explanation of autophagy and how to make it work best for you. As you age and as a normal response to just going through life, proteins and organelles in your body get damaged or die. If they are not cleared out, these damaged particles accumulate in your cells and jam things up. When this happens, your cells can't divide and function normally. This can cause cell death and age-related diseases, contribute to poor tissue and organ function, and also become cancerous. Enter the process called autophagy. During autophagy, the body marks damaged parts of the cells, unused proteins, and other junk in the body for removal and clears them out. This is a form of cellular cleansing and really the true meaning of a detox. Autophagy also helps deliver nutrients to the cells that need them. Autophagy can dictate not only how well we live, but perhaps how long we live. It is, the, it is a key physiological mechanism that has been conserved throughout evolution for the distinct purpose of allowing the human species to thrive. But when the autophagic mechanisms are, are overwhelmed or dysfunctional, cells are unable to perform optimally and disease can occur as well as more rapid aging. Autophagy is absolutely essential for healthy functioning cells and if it's never kicked on to its full potential, you can get sick. One of the most notable ways these dead proteins accumulate is seen in Alzheimer's disease. Because they are never cleared from the body, dead proteins travel to the brain and get stuck there, causing the characteristic plaques associated with the disease. Think of it this way. Autophagy is like a robot vacuum you have in your house. When things get messy, it kicks on, cleaning up debris and unwanted junk, leaving you with a nice, clean slate and preventing a buildup that can lead to a bigger mess down the road. So health benefits are healthy aging. It's basically anti-aging uh, to fast and to uh, have, uh, have your body in that type of a state to where autophagy is initiated in the body. Weight management, uh, lowered inflammation, 
Hitabachi helps shut off inflammation by controlling the actions of several types of inflammatory cells, including macrophages, neutrophils, lymphocytes, and cytokines, as cited by research uh, review in clinical and transitional medicine. Because autophagy is a powerful anti-inflammatory, stimulating autophagy may help to reduce the severity of several inflammation-related conditions like Crohn's disease, cystic fibrosis, and chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, COPD. Autophagy also helps to balance insulin levels, which decreases inflammation and has positive effects on your gut health. Something um, that's often overlooked is just understanding how important it is to get yourself to a healthy place and then ultimately weight loss sort of becomes a natural uh, result. So a lot of times we chase after weight loss, but we don't chase after health. We put ourselves in a position to where we actually chase after health, um, weight loss can come just naturally. Uh, Better brain health. Um, It is notable that most neurodegenerative disorders such as Alzheimer's and Parkinson's disease are associated with accumulation of misfolded proteins or pathologic proteins. So impaired autophagy may contribute to these diseases, but the exact mechanism by which it does is so is, is just not completely understood. The process may also provide protection against neurodegenerative diseases such as Huntington's disease, um, ALS, as cited by a review um, in the neurology in the Journal of Neurology of Aging. The same research further suggests that this because this is because autophagy helps to clear out damaged proteins that can accumulate in the brain, which ultimately contribute to aging and brain-related diseases. Reduced risk of heart disease, reduced uh, better blood sugar control. Um, and then understanding that um, the right, uh, it says, how can you induce autophagy? Since autophagy is really the foundation of keeping your body healthy, clean, and free from cell pollution, it's important to activate it regularly. Fortunately, most of the things that turn this powerful cellular cleansing process, turn on this powerful cellular cleansing process are actually really simple to incorporate. Um, The right diet, uh, a more fat adapted diet to where your body's not constantly running off of insulin, exercise, reducing your stress levels, quality sleep, taking cold showers and baths, Um, going outside, social connection, releasing trauma. But many experts agree, seem to agree that the single most effective way to kick autophagy into high gear is is through intermittent fasting. And so there are multiple ways uh, to fast. So they're considering intermittent fasting to be uh, an effective way of doing that. Nutrient uh, deprivation or going without eating is the primary trigger for autophagy. That might sound like something you don't want, but it's exactly what intermittent fasting is. And it's a physiological state that your body actually thrives in. The, um, the AMPK is an enzyme that is critical for cell- cellular bioenergetics. Um, it is activated to upregulate to upregulate autophagy, so your body can maintain homeostatic demands. 
uh, impairment of the AMPK pathway has been associated with aging, cancer, neurodegenerative disease, and endocrine dysfunction. On the other hand, in humans, it appears that autophagy does not remain as active when food is consumed. Um, it is it is the effects of intermittent fasting that makes autophagy more consistent and more effective. But it is so important to understand that you could be potentially thinking uh, that you're fasting, but you could be bringing in calories that are disrupting that fast. Um, are there foods that promote autophagy? While intermittent fasting is thought to be the most effective way to create nutrient depleted state, the keto diet, a high fat diet, low carb plan, is one way to mimic one. When you follow a keto diet, you deprive your body of glucose. This lack of glucose is an internal signal that activates AMPK and turns on autophagy. If you're not willing to go full keto, there are some other dietary measures that you can take to help promote autophagy, especially if you're interested in intermittent, especially if you're incorporating intermittent fasting. Um, a plant-rich diet, so plenty of vegetables, understanding the importance of getting your body uh, a diet that's rich in vegetables for the phytochemicals uh, that, have com that are coming from those. Uh, some phytochemical rich plants include broccoli, cabbage, kale, dark leafy greens like Swiss chard, dandelion greens, and arugula, tomatoes, carrots, sweet potatoes, squash, berries, cherries, apples, onions, and garlic. Uh, there's also um, uh, NAC readily available in certain foods, glutathione, um, antioxidants like NAC, glutathione, vitamin C, and vitamin E can stimulate autophagy and damaged cells. Uh, so if you're eating a lot of antioxidant-rich foods, you're likely to be getting those, but you could also supplement with glutathione. You could supplement with NAC as well to try to promote more autophagy. And then those antioxidant-rich foods they're suggesting are walnuts, pecans, bilberries, blueberries, strawberries, goji berries, beets, artichokes, beans, uh, moringa, dark chocolate, coffee, espresso, pomegranate juice. There's obviously things we've spent plenty of time discussing. So you know my opinion on beans, and then you know my opinion on ch dark chocolate and just all the other filler ingredients that are in there. So just take that for what it's worth. It's just part of this particular um, article. Bottom line, autophagy has some pretty impressive benefits, but there's no magical internal switch that turns it on and off. If you really want to reap the benefits of autophagy, you have to make small indu to make you have to make inducers like intermittent fasting a regular part of your life. For healthy people, doing so is virtually all reward, no risk. However, if you have diabetes, hypothyroidism, or adrenal gland dysfunction, you should talk to your doctor before fasting first. To fully reap the benefits of autophagy, it's also important to pay close attention to the other foundations of a balanced lifestyle, like sleep, exercise, eating the right foods, and addressing and dealing with uncomfortable emotions. Now, what... What you will find, I really like Jason Fung, and it's F-U-N-G. He has a wonderful book uh, regarding fasting. Um, I know for a fact that you can listen to probably three different people in regards to fasting and get three very different opinions on what actually breaks a fast. 
Some will say that branched-chain amino acids break the fast. Some will say that you should have branched-chain amino acids while you're fasting. Uh, some will say that broth will break a fast. Some will say that you should broth while you're fasting. Uh, some will say that you should not ever take your electrolytes while you're fasting. Some will say that there's no way you should consider fasting without electrolytes. So it's really difficult because it the, the opinions are kind of scattered. In my opinion, I think you know when you broke a fast. Um, you are, you're, you're pretty committed uh, to, you know, if you're pretty committed to not having anything to eat at all and you're in a position to where you're in the middle of a fast and suddenly out of nowhere, it's very clear that you're either a whole lot hungrier than you were before because you did something to add calories and so therefore your body assumes that you've ended the fast and now it's like, hey, it's time for food. You know, what are you doing? You need to get us some food in here. Um, or you're in a position to where you can just continue on with the fast. You don't feel starving. So there's there are some, I've always felt that your most effective way to achieve autophagy is water and sea salt. So I would just take a pinch of sea salt and people always say, what does that really mean? Well, I have a little bag of sea salt here, okay? I'm gonna go into my bag. I'm gonna take a pinch. That's how much sea salt I have. I'm gonna put it under my tongue. I'm gonna take a couple drinks of water so I don't choke for you guys. But in your case to start your day, Have that sea salt, I would drink an entire bottle of water so that you're getting that that much fluid in and you're filling your belly up right off the bat. And then I would say probably three to four hours later, I would sea salt again. Three to four hours later, I would sea salt again. That would be if you were attempting to go for a 24-hour fast. If you're thinking about just doing intermittent fasting, then don't feel like you have to start at noon every day or two o'clock every day start at by starting at nine o'clock if you're used to eating at 6 a.m try to push it until 9 a.m just see how you feel pushing it till 9 a.m if you are used to um you know going until eight or nine already then see what you can do about going until 10 or 11. Uh, I think ideally what you're looking for is a six to eight hour eating window. So if you're going to start at 12, then be great if you could be finished by six, between six and eight. Um, if you're going to start at 11, it'd be great if you were going to be finished between five and seven. Uh, so I love starting people in the beginning at nine o'clock and doing a nine o'clock, 12 o'clock, three o'clock, six o'clock meal. I love eventually working them to 12 o'clock, three o'clock, six o'clock meal. We expand those meals ever so slightly so that they're not necessarily reducing a, a large amount of their calories, um, but yet they are really in a position to where they shorten their eating window and they extend autophagy. Black coffee with pure stevia, pure stevia, wouldn't and shouldn't break your fast. Black tea or green tea with no, no sugar shouldn't break your fast. Uh, plenty of water and like I said, get your sea salt in. Intermittent fasting is a daily way of extending autophagy, um, rebuilding yourself from a cellular level, producing more energy in your mitochondria, 
and lessening the hist possibility of histamine responses and inflammatory responses. Also a great way of helping you to better control your blood sugar. I started fasting because of the amount of histamine responses I was having. Giving myself a break from six o'clock at night all the way until noon the next day, it just gave my digestive system a chance to just sort of break, you know, to, to not be in a position to where it always felt like it had to work at digesting something, but also uh, set it up to where I wasn't having a response because I wasn't forcing myself to eat something. I mean, I, I, I worked at five from 5 a.m. to 8 p.m. for years, and I mean years. Um, and so I was up at 3.30. I would feel like I would have to have my first meal before I started at 5 a.m. I mean, I did that for I can, I, more years than I can even count. I mean, honest to goodness. And I never felt good. I always felt bloated. I always felt stuffed. I just, I always felt tired and lethargic. I was always fighting my way through the day. And then I just suddenly just started, you know, uh, my boss and I, we just decided in order for me to try to have less histamine responses, I needed to try to fast. And was it easy in the beginning? Absolutely not. It, it's never going to be easy to transition from fasting to not fasting or from not fasting to fasting uh, because your body is used to the histamine response that you're having. I mean, you, you've been having, not the histamine response, your body is used to the insulin response that you've been having. It's used to, it was used to every day at 4.30, me having a blood sugar response, me bringing calories in. So, I mean, at the end of the day, you're in a position to where you're suddenly telling your body, hey, I, I guess I'm not gonna do that to you anymore. Well, there's definitely a response you know you'll be in a position to where the body's going to say um hey what the heck you know why aren't you doing this anymore so for about the first three days of fasting you're gonna feel hungry uh you may feel a little more tired and down regulated your stomach might feel empty and it might growl what you don't want is to ever feel shaky okay so we don't want any hypoglycemic feelings because those hypoglycemic feelings Honestly, it's just going to cause more of a cortisol adrenal response for you. And it actually would end up ultimately slowing down your adrenals. So you do not want to position yourself to where you're fasting if that's the way you're feeling. If that's the way you're feeling during the fast, it is not an effective fast. So just end the fast. Uh, there are some days that I have to work at noon. So I, I can't eat at noon. So I'm going to have to eat at 11 or 1130 because that's just how it's going to work out. Would I like to be able to fast until noon or one? Do I feel like I could? Yeah, most days I really do. Um, but my schedule just doesn't allow for it that day, so I have to get it in when I can get it in. Now, another thing, like it talked about the keto diet, I always talk about being in a fat-adapted state. It's pretty remarkable how unbelievably um, different you can feel when you are in a fat adapted state. So this means that you are not running, you're not being fueled by insulin. So you, if we're on a keto diet, you're definitely not using glucose as your energy source. So on a, uh, on a fat adaptation diet, it doesn't mean that you're in ketosis, 
It just means that you're not on such a sugar sensitive diet that your body isn't constantly trying to tell you, please put another log on the insulin fire. Your body can just run off of the fat sources that you're giving it and it, its energy stays extended. So when you wake up the next day, you, you are really truly able to fast so much more effectively because your body's not saying, oh my gosh, where, where's, the, where's the crackers? Where's the cake? Where's the uh, uh, bread? You know, where, where's the, uh, the breakfast that you're not giving me? So when we can, you know, what I normally do is when I start with someone, I don't usually ever start with fasting. I mean, if they truly have been fasting for years or months or they really have an effective pattern down, then I'll start with intermittent fasting. But for the most part, I want to get them into that fat adapted state. So I put them on sort of an anti-inflammatory, uh, low glycemic, um, uh, low histamine producing diet that's more of a Mediterranean style diet. And we set them up for fasting so that they can be effective with the fasting. Now, a dinner to dinner fast is an excellent approach at being able to have uh, a little bit of a um, like a long term fast, but not 24 hours. Uh, so you would have dinner the night before um, at, I guess, six o'clock, and then you would you would basically fast until the next day's dinner. And that dinner might be at five o'clock or six o'clock. And so you would get basically that full 24 hours in, uh, which can be life altering. I have some clients that do this once a week and it's just so effective for them. Um, it, it again needs to be done properly to where you feel well. And if you don't feel well, then you really need to be cautious and make sure it's the most effective thing for you. Um, now, from a body and movement standpoint, um, I'd really like to talk to you about uh, your hamstrings. Understanding, hamstrings of, of course are the back of the leg, understanding how important it is to have flexible hamstrings. Now we've talked a little bit about hip mobility. And so when I've talked to you about hip mobility, it's had a lot to do with overall, when I tell you that if your hips are turned under, then your, you know, your shoulders are going to be forward. You're going to get a lot of internal uh, compression. So you're going to have that diaphragm. It's ultimately going to be more compressed. Um, you're going to end up having uh, your intestines in, compre in compression. So likely having uh, you know, some type of digestive issue, most likely constipation. Um, but could have exercise-induced asthma because you ultimately are not able to expand and contract your diaphragm to the extent in which you should. Um, if your hamstrings are tight, what they are going to do is pull on those hips. So it's going to position yourself to where you really truly will turn those hips under because it's going to pull you down. Now when you do that, what happens is the glute starts to push into the hamstring and it really makes it to where that hamstring starts to look like it has cellulite. So the skin elasticity isn't anywhere near as what it could and should be because those glutes are pushing into the hamstring and it's bringing out what would look like dimples in your skin. 
So the first approach would be just stretch your hamstrings every day. Simple, easy way that I do it, I use my desk if I didn't have a dress on, but since I have a dress on, I'm just gonna use my chair. And so I'm just gonna bend at the waist and I usually kind of stabilize myself like this. Now I can reach over and touch my toe if I wanna get a very thorough stretch so I can come all the way into here with this. I just have my, my foot up uh, basically the height of one of your kitchen chairs because this is my desk chair or, or your desk chair at work. Um, my leg is straight so I don't have my knee bent and, I, and I'm feeling this all throughout the back of my leg. And then, you know, I'm just gonna hold this. If it was right before a workout, I would hold this for about a 15 count. If it was right after a workout, I would probably hold this for a 30 second um, or maybe a 45 second hold. Uh, just to get a really good stretch of those hamstrings and just really feel my circulation start to improve. Now, we've talked about how to um, open up the hip flexor here. Uh, we've talked about uh, how to open up your chest. Uh, we've talked about how to stretch your calves. Uh, so you will have uh, you know, a full body approach to stretching, improving your circulation, as well as uh, improving the possibility for lymphatic flow. So these stretches are more than just making it to where your hamstrings don't cramp. These stretches, a hamstring stretch is a way of making it to where your low back doesn't hurt. That's a great way of keeping your low back from feeling strained. Um, but their stretches are also a really great way of making sure that your circulation is uh, as effective and as efficient as it should be as well as making sure that your lymphatic system is draining like it should be. So just kind of watch that and really add, I don't know, 30 seconds minute onto your day by stretching your hamstrings and see how you feel by doing that. It's pretty remarkable. Um, I uh, have a um, quote that I love and it is that the undisciplined are slaves to moods appetites and passions and i feel like the undisciplined are slaves to their flesh too because they're not prepared so if you're prepared and i know i have my meal over there it's going to be a lot easier for me to just practice discipline go back in my break room and get it warmed up and have that so that i'm prepared for when my next client comes after this um, if i'm not disciplined and i don't have my food over there I'm gonna try to figure out, I mean, I can't do this because I get sick on everything, but I'm using this as an example. I'm gonna try to figure out any old thing I can get my hands on, right? I'm gonna walk down to Subway and get myself a Subway chopped salad, nothing against Subway, but at the end of the day, I'm gonna feel a little swollen from that. I'm gonna find out what I can get in a very easy fashion, right? So ultimately, understanding that if you are not practicing discipline patterns on getting your food prepared, if you're not practicing discipline patterns on scheduling a workout, being with a trainer, knowing the day and the time that you can get to the gym and getting your workout in, um, you are going to be a slave to uh, how you're feeling, your mood. If you feel like doing it, you're going to be a slave to your appetite at the time. Maybe it's a, a more hormonal time of the month and you'll be a slave to those hormones and you're gonna be a slave to passions. So, you know, your passion may be uh, to do something other than what you should be doing. 
And I can tell you right now, the flesh will scream as loud as possible to tell you to get ice cream on your way home when you've had a bad day. It'll tell you to just run through the drive-through because you don't have time to go home and prep something. But the reality is, is that none of that is going to get you down a healthy path. And I also like the quote uh, that uh, uh, excuses are just crutches for the undisciplined. So you can make an excuse, I'm too tired, I've worked too many hours, I have too many kids, my husband won't like that. Um, I don't even know, there's a thousand of them. I have to have something a little sweet every single day. Do you really, I mean, do you really have to have something sweet every day? Will you not function? Will you actually stop breathing if you don't have something sweet every day? <laughs> no, you won't, okay? So we convince ourselves of these things and it's really quite entertaining. And I want to sort of couple that excuse approach. I want to couple that with a, uh, a Jocko message that I think is, is really good, um, with, especially when people tell me that they feel like they have to be able to have a little bit of sugar. Okay, and, and you know at least part of their day, they have to have a little bit of sugar in their day. And I love this. He has a... Jocko Willink, W-I-L-L-I-N-K. He has a book, Discipline Equals Freedom. That's the book I'm reading from. He has a podcast on this. So if you just type in um, Jocko Willink and sugar, you'll enjoy his podcast. But he says, sugar truly is addictive. It stimulates the same parts of the brain as heroin and cocaine. When you have it, you want more of it. And you know this to be true. That's why you can't stop eating it. And when you do stop eating it, you will feel withdrawal, headache, irritation, anxiety, lies. The lies will come and they will come from you. The lies will tell you that you are, the, the, the lies will tell yourself that it's no big deal. You can have just a little. It isn't worth it to feel this bad. The body needs carbs. You will rationalize and start to listen to the lies. Don't. Stay strong. Get off the sugar train, get off the addiction, stop eating sugar. I really think that that's so true. And everybody thinks that they're, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, everybody thinks that they're just like deserving of a certain amount of sugar. And if you want to balance that with your life and you're able to balance it and it doesn't throw you off, it doesn't make you sick and you're able to go right back on your plan and you're satisfied with the way you look, then by all means, you do what's best for you and your family. But I don't meet with many people that feel that way. Uh, now, I want to tie this last part of the message in uh, to um, fasting because he has a section on fasting, and I think it's really good since we've talked about it. Uh, newsflash, the title is Fasting. Newsflash, you don't have to eat. Fasting is a gift. All those times you were at a party or at the airport or on a train, and they don't have any good, healthy food for you to eat. The answer is simple don't eat. Often not eating, fasting is beneficial for you. Here are some of the physiological benefits that fasting appear that fasting appears to bring. Improves function of cells, genes, and hormones. Induces loss of body fat. Reduces risk of insulin resistance and type 2 diabetes. Reduces oxidative stress and inflammation. Induces cell repair processes. Increases brain-derived neurotrophic factors. Increases levels of endorphins. Induces detoxification processes. 
There are also some psychological benefits that I find very real. First of all, fasting demands that you that you exercise your will. It is not easy. In this modern age, we are surrounded by food all day, every day. Your caveman survival instinct, which is afraid of starving, screams at you. Eat that food. Eat as much as you can. This might be your last chance. Don't fall for that. That this isn't the last food you will ever see. In fact, you will see more food in about 10 minutes. You don't need it. You won't die without it. In fact, just the opposite is true. In this age, much of the food around is actually trying to kill you. It's all so true. It is poison. Donuts, poison, soda, poison, potato chips, poison. You don't need it. Another huge benefit of fasting is that it recalibrates your hunger demand signals. We often think we are starving after a few hours without food. I haven't had anything to eat since breakfast. We shout at 1.15 in the afternoon. We literally say, I'm starving. You are not starving. Humans can survive 30 days without food. You can make it a few extra hours. You can actually make it a few extra days without any issue. I fast 24 hours fairly regularly. I do 72-hour fast approximately every three months. And you know, and you know what? They aren't that big of a deal. When I'm fasting, I still do everything I would normally do if I were eating. I work, I work out, and I train jiu-jitsu. I drink water, some tea, maybe even, maybe, maybe even eat some sunflower seeds in the shell just to have something to chew on. But fasting isn't that hard and you will feel better at the end of it. Fasting will recalibrate that hunger. It will will recalibrate what hunger is to you. You will realize that you aren't actually hungry most of the time. You are just bored. And at the end of a fast, your food will taste better too. And that is so true. It will, I like where he says fasting will recalibrate what hunger is to you and it really will if someone tells me like let's say they go on vacation and they've kind of gotten themselves really off track and now they come back home and they're just feeling like they need to eat sugar simply on the regular and they're just committed to having some portion of sugar every single day (coughs) putting them on a fasting diet to where they start intermittent fasting but then immediately putting them on either a 24-hour fast or on a dinner-to-dinner fast is super effective because it recalibrates their hunger signals. Makes them realize, I'm okay. I just made it through the day without all of that. I can make it through another day and then another day and another day without having the dark chocolate I had become addicted to or without having the crackers, the cookies, the cakes, all of those items. I just pray, Lord... God, if it be your will, that you would help these folks to have the desire and the inspiration to be able to take on a fast because I do know that it's holy and I do believe you're in it with them when they're doing it. God, I pray that everything that they would do would honor you with their bodies. I pray that they make choices. They're not balancing poison in their body because poison is still poison, even if it's taken in in moderation. I pray that they're cautious and careful with every decision they make for what they're willing to put in their body and the same for their children. God, I pray blessing on their on their families. I pray for protection from the virus. I pray for financial breakthrough for everyone listening. And God, I just pray that you would show them exactly, give them the wisdom to know exactly what they should be eating in a day to be their very best version of themselves. 
Thank you so much, Lord. And thank you all so much for listening. I pray that you have a wonderful day. God bless you. two weeks that we noticed are not showing up on the uh, Facebook that didn't actually save, but we want to make sure that you have every week uh, 